Heavenly Father, I'm not afraid to show you my weaknesses or my failures or my flaws because, God, you've seen them all and you still call me friend. You're the God of the mountain, you're the God of the valleys, and there's not a single place that your mercy and your grace won't find me. We praise you for that. Amen. You can be seated. So, welcome to church this morning. We're starting a new four-week-long series, and it's February, so it's got to be about love, right? I mean, it's Valentine's Day coming up. So, the series is called Love God and Love People. And to help set the tone for this series, I've put together a few of the greatest quotes on love that the internet has to offer. Now, if you know who these quotes are, you can just shout them out, and we'll see how good you guys are at knowing your love quotes. Here they go. You know you're in love when you can't fall asleep because the reality is finally better than your dreams. Anyone? Dr. Seuss. Come on, that's an easy one. I have decided to stick to love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Dr. King. If you live to be a hundred, I want to live to be a hundred minus one day so I never have to live without you. Winnie the Pooh, I got it back there. All you need is love. There you go, the Beatles. Love recognizes no barriers. Maya Angelou. And I couldn't do this without giving you a switchfoot lyric, so here you go. Love alone is worth the fight. See, some of these quotes highlight principles and characteristics of love, specifically God's love. And that's what we're going to be discussing throughout this series. Thankfully, the Bible is packed full of love. And conveniently for us, God himself is love. And it's a great opportunity here for us to learn and to be encouraged by the very source of love itself. Now, that, that sounds simple to say, but we all know it, it can be much more difficult to live it out. As many of us in this room know and those online may know, love isn't merely a matter of knowing what it is and how to learn it. Love is complicated. It's messy, it's confusing, but yet on the other hand, it's exhilarating, it's encouraging, and, and it's so many other things that I wouldn't have the time to explain all the characteristics of love. That's why in part we're going to take four weeks to talk about the greatest commandment Jesus has ever given us through his scripture, to love God and to love others. He says that all the law all the prophets hang on these two commandments. So that's where we're going to start out today. Some background information on that main text, and essentially for the entire series. Before we tackle that verse, let's look at the context and some of the surrounding information happening when Jesus was asked about the greatest commandment. Matthew chapter 22 says, hearing that, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. The Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, 
Which is the greatest commandment in the law? See, at this point in Jesus' ministry, he had gotten the Jewish religious leaders just a bit upset with him. They're mad about his teaching. They're mad about the challenges that he is posing to their authority and many other things related to their beliefs, their teachings, and their control over the people. If they can just discredit Jesus or get him to say something blasphemous, then they could launch a campaign to shut him down and to get rid of the problems that he is causing for them. In verse 34, we learn that he had silenced the Sadducees, one of those religious groups who had come to challenge him on the resurrection of the dead. And upon hearing this, the Pharisees decided to send one of their philosophical champions with a question that they hoped would derail Jesus. This lawyer an expert in Jewish law, comes to Jesus and asks him, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, his answer sets the stage not only for this series, but for Christians throughout history to better understand the heart of God for his people. Jesus immediately replies to this expert lawyer with an answer that sends shockwaves through everyone present. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. See, I think this is one of those scriptures that maybe we should commit to memory or maybe write down on a note card and to keep at the forefront of our minds as much as possible. See, when Jesus, what Jesus does here in, in his reply is truly amazing. He takes some of the most important instructions found in the Old Testament and puts them into one simple summary statement. Verse 37, where Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, comes directly from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. And is part of the Jewish Shema prayer. If you've never heard of the Shema prayer, here is a brief description of it. The Shema became a twice-daily prayer within Judaism. It was so widely practiced in the Second Temple period, it's believed that Jesus himself would have grown up praying this prayer. His prayer was formative, and he would have drawn upon it in his teachings. So in this case, Jesus is reminding this lawyer and the crowd listening that the greatest commandment has been on their lips and in their prayers every single day, probably even twice a day. He then follows up with another reminder from the law when he cites the second greatest commandment, which has come directly from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The leaders present would have known each of these passages, each of these commandments that Jesus is sharing. However, it's, it's not likely that anyone had ever put the two of them together and then said, all the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus had both the divine authority and the insight to make this claim, and who in the right mind could argue 
with him. You see, a lot of us spend time trying to figure out what it means to be a Christian. And consequently, what we are to be doing once we become a Christian. And oftentimes we focus our efforts on sinful behaviors that we need to stop. Words that we need to eliminate from our vocabulary. I remember before I became a Christian, my life was a lot different than it is now. I was drinking, I was swearing, I was doing all kinds of things, and I had a horrible temper back then. I could be set off at, at, at anything, and I would blow up at people. But I became different once I became a Christian. Things changed, my life changed, my vocabulary changed, and God changed that temper. Now, many of us have similar struggles with conversion. And many of us have struggled with verses like 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. You see, we wonder, why is it that we still struggle with old behaviors and old sinful patterns if, in fact, we are a new creation. See, with that said, I'm a huge fan of how simple Jesus makes it for us. Love God and love people. The summary statement of Jesus' words from Matthew 22, and since we believe that Jesus is the Lord, is the Messiah, the, the Savior of all mankind, then I think we can also agree that if he gives a command, then it is worth listening to. In fact, the Gospels equate obedience with love. Check out these verses from John chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus says, remain in me as I am in my Father. Obey my commandments, and my command is this, love one another as I have loved you. See, if we love God with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds, then it follows that we will also love the people that he puts in our lives. That's where it gets difficult sometimes, isn't it? We'll talk about it, this a little bit later in the series about how difficult this can be sometimes. And as We've already seen the greatest commandment comes from Matthew chapter 22, which is basically a summary of the, a couple passages from the Old Testament law, but the Gospel of John gives us some fresh insight, a new commandment from Jesus as we seek to further understand what it means to live in light of the greatest commandment. John chapter 13 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, 
Love one another. Love your neighbor. Love your family. Love your community. Love your enemies. But here's what's new. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is where Jesus picks up the idea that we just read in John chapter 15. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. This new command, which helps us to explain the greatest commandment, is that we are to trade our lives for one another. Now what, what exactly does that look like? How do you practically in today's life trade your life for others. Now, I'm not sure I can fully answer that because I think it is different for each of us. But here's a good place to start. Trade what's valuable in your life so that others may experience fullness in their life. Let me say that again. Trade what's valuable in your life so that others may experience fullness in their life. Your time, your energy, your money, your pickup truck, your guest bedroom, your dinner table, whatever it may be, whatever is valuable to you, trade it in. Trade it intentionally so that the people around you can flourish in their relationship with God. Trade it so that others may feel loved, seen, cared for, and valuable. See, that's what Jesus did for us. That's what he's asking us to do for others. Trade what's valuable in your life so that others may experience fullness in their lives. Now, love is a pretty hot topic these days, and it's been that way for thousands of years. Love is an intrinsic part of being a human being. And I hope that this series will make you stop and think about love, how it impacts your life and how you love others and how God loves you. After all, it was love that motivated God to send his son to live, die, and then be resurrected so that we can experience fullness in our lives. And as we've seen today, Jesus has an awful lot to say about love. And as you think about the great commandment and this new commandment, I, I, pray, I pray that you will be people, that there will be people that will come to your mind, specific people in your life who could use just a little bit more love, people who need to feel loved, seen, and cared for, and to be made to, so that they feel valuable. They're all around us. Everywhere we go, they're there. The opportunities are endless. But you have to be willing. You have to be obedient. You have to love like Jesus loved, which is scary, difficult, and inconvenient. So, as we pray today, let's, let's believe that God will enlarge our capacity to love and that through it all, people will see Jesus at work in each of our lives. Heavenly Father, there's so much pain and suffering in this world. Help us. Help us to love other people well. 
Help us to love them like you have loved us. Help us to learn how to love you, Jesus, through this process. Thank you for your love. Thank you for never giving up on us. In Jesus' name, amen.